are live. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Web3 Native Podcast by Longhash Ventures, and I'm your host, Shikai. Today, we have our second episode, and it's quite a special occasion because uh, instead of like the usual just interview process, we actually have it in a format of an AMA with a focus on highlighting Balancer version 2. So for Balancer, uh, it's actually, a, a, I think the version 2 has been a culmination of like many groups of efforts. And so we're very happy to be inviting Fernando and Marta from Balancer, as well as Martin from Gnosis, a special guest to share about this like ongoing partnership with Balancer today. So uh, to give some context, I'd like to share that uh, Balancer recently, of course, launched the version 2. And uh, Gnosis, of course, also launched the version 2. And there is some partnership with the CowSwap. And there's also this like Balancer Gnosis uh, protocol that has been launched. Now, to support all of these initiatives, we are actually supporting a Balancer as part of our Asia DeFi network, as part of the Pioneer cohort, uh, to also uh, work on the adoption of Balancer version 2, as well as the Asia community building. So we're going to come to that towards the end of the podcast as well. So in that context of building community in Asia, today's AMA, the target audience is you guys, listeners in Asia. But of course, if you're in the rest of the world, don't worry as well. You can, of course, you can listen to this. But ahead of this podcast, we have collected questions from the Asia community, from the WeChat groups and the Chinese speaking communities. And we have aggregated them and translated them into English uh, for our guests here to answer. And later on, we will translate it back to Chinese for the community to also understand. Now we're gonna be covering lots of things from the version two, the features, the tokenomics, the development roadmap, the partnerships, and towards community building. So let's jump right into it. Fernando, would you like to kick it off? Sure, yeah. Uh, first of all, thanks for inviting us, Shikai. It's a pleasure to be here. So yeah, I, I can talk maybe a little bit about Balancer V2 and um, as you said, Shikai, how all those efforts culminated into the launch of V2 um, a few weeks ago for the smart contracts and the DUI was a couple weeks ago or last week. So the, the, the idea of Balancer V2, I think the, the biggest change relative to V1 is the fact that we have thought of this vault architecture, which is very efficient in terms of aggregating liquidity in one place. So for, for context, Balancer V1, and it's the same for all the AMMs that we are aware of, Uniswap, Sushi, and all the others, each market is its own smart contract. So if you have a pool in Balancer V1, you can go to Etherscan, and you're gonna see that all the tokens that are in that pool are also in that smart contract. So it's kind of an isolated thing that does only trades between the tokens that are in that pool. But we know that Balancer is very kind of plural and very diversified in terms of combinations of assets, different weights. So um, asset managers can just choose what kind of exposure they want. So we have what we call the SOR, Smart Order Router, that for any trade, gets the best liquidity for that given pair, which can be across different pools. In Balancer V1, you need uh, an exchange proxy to access all those different smart contracts. Um, and, and, and that's very costly because you have to be sending tokens around. Um, so if you wanna exchange DAI for ETH, you have to, if you use three different pools, you have to send DAI uh, for, uh, to all those three pools and get ETH back from all those three pools. What this idea of the single vault, which is um, what V2 has, and I can explain it uh, a bit better in a continuation, but is that you actually are interacting with three different pools, but you're only sending actual tokens once to the vault and getting tokens back from the vault once. And internally inside the vault, all the accounting, it's like the vault's like a bank in that it says, okay, pool A has with me, X amount of DAI, X amount of uh, ETH. Pool B has Y amount of ETH and, and so on and so forth. And then it just decreases a little bit the, um, the balances of the pools and gives back the, to the trader whatever it was traded with those pools. So that's quite interesting. And, and another very nice kind of consequence, uh, positive consequence of that is that 
by by doing that we could isolate or separate the logic of the amm from the low level accounting which is if i trade with pool a pool a has to decrease balance of eth that i'm buying and my my balance has to increase or i can get it out of the out of the vault the 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 idea is that we know that there's a lot of innovation going on um, in AMMs. We know it's just only just beginning. There's going to be lots of new things. We see like ideas like MooniSwap, like Dodo. There's like, so many different types, like Curve with different invariants. And this is only just beginning. So the idea is that Balancer is extensible. So anyone can come to Balancer and create new AMM logic and plug that into the vault and take advantage of all the existing liquidity that's in the vault because it's very easy for example if you your project for example has a, a, a wants to do a pool between project token and, and eth or dai let's say um balancer has already a lot of liquidity of dai and usdc so anyone can buy your project token by sending usdc directly to the vault and getting your project token and the vault under the hood will do a, a, a multi-hop trade it will trade usdc for dai die for the project token but if you look on etherscan you're only going to see usdc coming into the vault and the to the project token coming out of the vault and that is a lot cheaper than uh, if you have to interact with multiple contracts which is what happens today if you do uh, a multi-hop trade you have to send tokens to contract a then to contract b until you 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 kind of finalize the the trade so yeah, we, we were excited about Balancer V2 because it's really a launch pad for innovation on AMMs. Like we're having already different types of pools that are being developed by other teams. And this is our objective. We wanna be like this base layer, this primitive building block that people use to build on top of. And it's a no brainer for, for other teams that are innovating in the AMM space because they have everything like out of the box for free. Uh, the project is, is has been audited by three very reputable auditors, Trey of Bits, Open Zeppelin, and Satora. Uh, we have a bug bounty of a thousand ETH. Um, so there, there's a lot of security that you you kind of get from using Balancer, and also network effects, as I said, liquidity from other pools. All you need to do is focus on what's really adding value to the space, which is your new idea around AMMs. So that's uh, pretty exciting. And the cool thing, um, last thing I, I'll, I'll touch on before, um, yeah, going on or asking, uh, leaving you to, to, to kind of ask questions is that you can also have a business model on top of Balancer. It doesn't mean that because you're using, you're building on top of Balancer, you cannot have your project token or you cannot have your value accrual mechanism to, to your project token. On, on, the, on, on the opposite, actually, on the contrary, you can have a, a pool that plugs into Balancer and that pool collects some protocol fees for your protocol every time there is a trade. It can get some of the tokens and, and store them either in a vault on behalf of your protocol or already send them to somewhere else. So it's really very open and, and very kind of uh, flexible for any type of business model to be built on top of Balancer. Awesome. Thanks for the intro, Fernando. Now, uh, for the benefit of our viewers, shall we just kind of like summarize it for for different groups of people, right? Maybe for like the users who want to execute trades uh, and then the people who want to provide liquidity. Uh, and then I think lastly, like you mentioned, all the developers who will be then using Balancer as a primitive. Uh, what I hear is that for the people who want to trade, then it's about the gas savings uh, and I presume the dynamic fee as well. Uh, for the liquidity providers that also provides a, a lot potentially better yields for their liquidity as well as having like a more capital efficiency with asset manager which you haven't touched on yet uh, and then for the developers uh i presume there is some really cool stuff happening there as well shall we just uh dive yeah reframing absolutely you, you touched on two very interesting things and i think that the third maybe next one we could talk about which is probably what i'm most excited about is the partnership with gnosis which gave birth to the Balancer Nose protocol. Uh, but first, let's touch on the dynamic fee pools and also on the asset managers, which are two very exciting things about Balancer V2. So the, the dynamic fee pools is, is something that we have been playing around for a long time. It's known in literature. It's not like a, a very old literature around AMMs because they're not so old. As you all know, but it's known that it's the, the, the best way to collect fees is by uh, 
uh, changing the, the swap fee that your AMM asks according to volatility. So the more volatile your pair is, then the, the, the higher the fee should be. And for some, some um, like types of pairs like stable coins, it's quite easy to kind of to say that the volatility is, is low. For example, Curve has a fee, I think of 0.04%. It's, it's very, a very minor fee. Um, but Uniswap has a fixed fee of 0.3. Balancer has it kind of flexible. And the idea now is that we partnered with Gauntlet, which is uh, an extremely talented group of, of, of people like company and, and um, they, they, they do lots of exciting work with, uh, with other, other teams in DeFi and we, we're very proud to be partnering with them. What they do is they collect many different signals from the market. So how volatile the pair is, uh, what other AMMs are charging in terms of fees, um, what, what is the APY of the pool now with the current fees? What is the gas price? So they, they collect many different inputs. They have a nice model that spits out the ideal fee for that pool. So if there's a lot of volatility, they increase the fee. And the nice thing is that with one on-chain transaction, they increase the fee, let's say from 0.5 to 0.8. And all the LPs in that pool benefit exactly pro rata, so alike. There's no like advantage of you having a million dollars relative to someone who has $10 because the fees will be increased and optimized for everyone in that pool. So this is something we're proud of. Like we're, we're always keeping this ethos of uh, inclusion and uh, yeah, kind of uh, egalitarianism, if you can say so. so. We want all the LPs to be the same, no matter how much they invested. So very excited about this, of course, it, it still remains to be shown or proved that dynamic fee pools are performing better and having better APYs than uh, static fee pools. But I, I have no reason to believe that this is not going to be the case. This is the first thing. The second thing is asset managers. So we all know that for uh, AMM pools, most of the assets that are in the pool are not necessary to facilitate trades, right? So if you have ETH and DAI, and the price is kind of uh, going up and down, fluctuating, you're actually only scratching the surface of the liquidity because like most, like 90% of the liquidity is never even necessary for a trade. Of course, that can change if prices like, like we're seeing ETH going down at the moment. Uh, what happens is that DAI goes down, it's, get, it's getting more scarce and ETH it's getting more, uh, is getting more abundant. So actually you're starting to need those 90% of the balance of DAI because you're kind of eating up the balance as the price shifts. But the idea is that um, most of the time you could actually use that those idle assets elsewhere where you would get some uh, extra APY. And the idea here is uh, the partnership we're having with Aave. So we're building the first concept uh, or proof of concept of an asset manager using Aave so that you have a pool most of the assets that are in the pool are actually lent on Aave and all the APY that's generated by Aave is thrown back to the pool and gives LPs an extra yield on, on that um, LP share that they have or balancer pool token. So that's pretty exciting. And uh, it, it's something that opens up lots of uh, opportunities and, and, and kind of design space for other teams like Yearn, like Idol Finance, like Lido for ETH, there any, anywhere you can get some extra interest or extra APY, Balancer can be plugged into through asset managers. Uh, and not only for extra APY, for example, the PowerPool team is building uh, uh, a, a specific type of pool where the tokens can be used to vote. So uh, imagine you have like on Uniswap or Balancer V1, you have tokens that are governance tokens. They cannot be used, right? Because they're stuck within the, the AMM. Now with asset managers, they can always be withdrawn, used and, and sent back. So the, those two are things that are, uh, we're very excited about. And I don't know if we can uh, segue into, into Gnosis, but this is like really putting this, the user at the center, right, Martin? It's, it's the idea, like Balancer is, my opinion, very good at being flexible and simple for LPs. Uh, but like when it comes to trades, we are like providing the liquidity, but there's so much more that can be done and should be done. We're seeing lots of uh, issues with MEV, minor extractable value. Like uh, there's a tool, I think Martin, you, you shared that with me, like where you can put your address and then you can see all the times you've been sandwiched 
And I was like, oh my God, I didn't know that. And like, yeah, I don't know, Martin, you can, you can talk about that. But like, even if you don't know that this is a problem, you probably have been affected without knowing. So that got you uh, some good dollars uh, out of your pocket because, uh, because of miners. And, and, and Gnosis and, and, and like team uh, has, has a, a, an amazing kind of design to solve this. And we're partnering uh, with them to kind of plug Balancer like taking care of the liquidity side with Gnosis, taking care of the UX and UI for the trades, and then combining that to be uh, what we want or aim to to be the, the best trading experience in, in DeFi. But Martin, maybe you want to um, take it on from here and, and talk a bit more about this. Yeah, sure. So um, thanks for, for, for having me really the two things that uh, excited us about um, partnering with, with, with Balancer are the, the things that um, Fernando just mentioned. It's the efficiency of the vault. Um, and, and second, um, this idea, uh, what, 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 what is exciting about Automated Market Maker to, to, to us was that regular people could basically become market maker and, and, and profit from that. And, and in, in our view, Balancer is really kind of continuing this path and, um, and putting in those, those aspects like this uh, flexible uh, fee um, and, um, and the asset manager to, well, increased returns for the regular uh, liquidity providers without uh, requiring the liquidity providers to do all kind of fancy and, and complicated stuff. So still kind of regular people can be a market maker, I, I, I guess. So yeah, those, those were two really driving factors for us to decide to closely work uh, together with Balancer. And yeah, now to the part where, um, where, where we come in, what we provide, and Fernando already touched, uh, touched on to, uh, onto it. Um, so right now, today on Ethereum, the reality is if you submit a transaction, um, to the mempool um, or to the miners, uh, that's not a friendly place, <laughs> to put it mildly. So miners, uh, miners very openly uh, try to extract value from from you. So you you send them your trade, and what they will do is they will order the trades in a very specific way. They will sandwich you, so they will just kind of place the order directly. You want to buy a token, they buy the token directly before you at a cheaper price, then you let buy it, uh, let, let you buy it at the more expensive price and directly after it, uh, sell it against the market maker and basically extract uh, a profit um, from you. Uh, and that's what we want to improve and what we can improve. Um, and we have this concept of, of solvers. So instead of sending your transaction um, to, to a miner, to the mempool, you just sign a specific order or I mean, basically the trade, uh, the trade you want to execute. And then we you hand over to the solver and it's the kind of duty of the solver to execute that trade in the best possible way. And there are tons of, well, again, complicated stuff you can do. Um, optimize the gas price, optimize the slippage, and, and, and really things the user yeah, that doesn't want to do and pr probably cannot do. Um, and yeah, and, and, and that's what, what uh, Gnosis Protocol does on top of Balancer. The very, very nice thing is um, the design of the vault. So Fernando already touched on how, um, how you can optimize a single trade that under the hood might might be a handful of trades because it's using different pools. We can go even a step further because we can settle a bunch of trades. So you, well, today, each Ethereum block contains roughly 30 DEX trades. Um, so if they come through through Gnosis Balancer protocol, um, we can combine, let's say, four or five trades uh, and settle them in one transaction uh, and being maximally uh, gas efficient because we only need to yeah, kind of settle the, um, yeah, the, the aggregate. So let's say there's some trader um, buying token A, there's some trader selling token A. We really just need to uh, do as little as possible token transfers um, on, on, on this vault contract and kind of 
clear uh, clear all those traits and become it became very clear that any form of, of gas efficiency uh, or increasing gas efficiency is is extremely important it's a big big um, uh, topic right now on ethereum obviously so uh, many traders spend um, one five even ten percent of the trading value uh, in, in in gas fees and, and kind of every saving you can you can make there is enormously helping uh, users to get more value out of their trades. And one maybe just to compliment Martin, one one thing that I'm really a fan of uh, of, of cost swap in uh, futurely very soon Nostrano's protocol is that you don't need to have ETH in your wallet at all. So exactly. it's yeah. all gasless. It's an amazing UX. Anyone is like can be immediately onboarded. You send someone, uh, you send Dai to a friend, and they can already trade, right? Dai for whatever they want. They don't need to uh, go to an exchange, have some ETH, and, and send to that wallet to start using that wallet. So I, I think this is like a, a, an underrated thing today. But yeah. a, a lot of people will fall in love, right, Martin, with with that uh, great usability. And no, for sure. Yeah, and. and yeah, there, there are a couple of couple of uh, couple of question uh, challenges that users. I mean, most of you probably know. Uh, you submit your transaction; it doesn't get mined. You kind of resubmit it with a higher gas price. It might then fail, uh, and you kind of pay a lot of money for gas for a failed transaction. And kind of all of that is is uh, we are getting rid of that. As a user, you only sign your order. You don't pay anything for signing this order. When the uh, order is executed you pay a fee uh, for, for the trade within the trade kind of, but uh, only if it's successfully executed. So this whole experience of paying for a failed transaction is a way you don't need to worry about, do I have still enough Ether in my, uh, in my account? You don't to worry about what gas price do I need to set? So definitely, and that touches on the uh, initial statement. It's really, really the goal is to simply provide the best user experience. Uh, uh, for traders in this shared protocol. This, and this one, one important thing also, Martin. Sorry, Martin. Uh, just sorry, real I quick. Uh, the one... Go on. Yeah, go ahead. After you, Martin. <laughs> sorry, I was just wanting to say that is incredible. And my only question was, is this something that will be enabled by default or will our users need to know where to click or, you know, we'll have to build some kind of a different platform? Because, you know, from a community perspective, um, I get a lot of uh, feedback from people who are concerned about their transaction failing, especially new users don't really understand how it's all working. So doing what, what we're doing here is just mind-blowing um and i just would love to understand how will it from a user perspective how will it work yeah right it now, will just work we have right <laughs> right exactly right i, I so, must chip in as a, as a user myself uh so i have been using council extensively over the uh this like past uh, week or two and even though it's an alpha i must say as you said fernando i immediately fell in love with it because I didn't yeah. need to know any of whatever Martin mentioned under the hood, right? All I need to do is authorize what token I wanted to, to swap for. And then I sign the transaction and it guarantees a certain price. Uh, it already takes out a, a small gas fee for whatever uh, it is that is required for the transaction. And even though it's supposed to be kind of like waiting for execution, it gets executed so quickly, even for trades of a significant size. That I must say, I, I've used pretty much all the DEXs, or at least the major ones on Ethereum. And so far, a cowshop even in alpha is by far the best experience. Yeah, maybe, right, right. maybe to touch on that, it, it's still the the early product. So uh, I just want to say, the cowshop was really just our, our proof of concept to make it really ready when we uh, when we have finally it completely integrated with Balancer. So uh, yeah, it, it's great that that it 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 works already so good, but. Uh, yeah, it was really the goal to say when we integrate with Balancer and we have this full partnership, then we know it's not we we it, it will work uh, from from day one uh, because it's already very good tested. Yeah. Yeah. So shall yeah. we go to that actually? So kind of like you know this is the alpha. What then is even better in the full version? And then you know what is BGP and how will it evolve from here? 
I was just going to say before, maybe Martin, I think you, you can answer that. But one very important thing that I wanted to add is that because like people might think that because they're trading on balancer, they're only using balancers liquidity. Today, that's the case. So with our uh, with our UI today, you're only using balancers liquidity. But when we integrate with Gnosis and we have like this full kind of uh, partnership live, the idea is that we're actually going to be uh, an aggregator and we're going to look at all the liquidity sources, like not only Balancer v2, Balancer v1, Uniswap, you name it. it so it's going to be pretty much an aggregator that has the best UX, in my opinion, like you said, Chikai. Um, the, the the fact that it's on, on top of Balancer v2 just means that it will be slightly cheaper to use Balancer v2 liquidity because it's like already embedded in the same vault. So uh, you don't need to do an extra external contract calling, I don't know, another uh, AMM market outside. But if if it, it pays off, if it's worth it to get liquidity from elsewhere, you will, like we will get, get it for you. So um, just to make it clear that because you're trading on Uniswap and Gnosis, it doesn't mean that you're not using all the liquidity. And I think this is probably an ongoing uh, improvement, right, Martin, to make sure that we are yep. always looking at all the sources available to to give the trader the best the best uh, conditions possible. Yeah, maybe to, to summarize. So, in 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 the full version, we want to have the full advantage of of, of balancer of um, kind of using the vault of using of having cheap uh, cheap gas costs when settling against uh, balancer pools. We also want to have this full advantage of of a dex aggregator. Of kind of using whatever liquidity there is, if if there is, as Fernando said, if there is another place where better liquidity is, the trader comes first. Interest of the trader comes first. They should get the best price. Uh, and then finally, uh, we want to have the advantage of yeah, gasless experience, of uh, protection against uh, yeah, MEV of extraction um, from miners. So Martin, shall we go uh, like one step further, right? So I think all of these uh, features from the the Cowswap exchange. What about the whole BGP? Uh, you know, the greatest crossover in DeFi. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we headed for that? Yeah. So so um, again, Cowswap is currently the 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 basically the proof of concept, but in the integrated version. Um, um, kind of cow swap or the the uh, balancer notice protocol will build on or is the the contracts are building on top of of the vault and uh, and kind of from the balancer perspective uh, the trades that are submitted um, through yeah kind of balancer exchange uh, will will all go through this um, yeah kind of through this protocol so we really have the tight integrated. Um, experience and it's, it will also be possible for others or and we will definitely encourage other interfaces to um to yeah basically give use their users also the those advantages of well and i named them um guest list transactions ME protection uh dex aggregator cheap cheap settlement so yeah that that really ideally become a, a centerpiece of uh of of of, of dexes on ethereum and that's right. one of the you things that, just to compliment, that's one of the things that the more people use, the better it gets. And usually in DeFi, it's the opposite, right? The more people use it, it gets crowded, gas, gas prices go up. In this case, it's actually, it's it's the opposite. Yeah. The more people use it, the more chances you have of a coincidence of once. And this is why- That's basically uh, where the cow, and, cow yeah, the comes from, cow. coincidence of once, right? Yes, yeah. So the, the more people you have, the more, likely it is for you to find a better and more uh, optimized way to settle the whole thing. So that's quite quite interesting if you stop to think about it. The more people using it, the better it gets. Yeah, sorry I interrupted yeah. you, Shikai. No, no, no worries. Yeah, we're just, just about to kind of like uh, relay the significance, right? Is that now while CowSwap is, is, we're all like saying how great it's gonna be, but it's not only CowSwap, right? Any, any kind of like DeFi developer can make use of the same logic and underlying protocol to build whatever experience that they want. And I think this is what uh, the vision that we are putting forth here, right? Is that like this primitive and building block is available for everyone to use uh, once uh, it is kind of like with the strength and gets better the more people use it. 
And uh, maybe Martin also nice to mention is that not only the users, but also the solvers are open for all. And that's also a nice thing that the more solvers there are, the, the more likely it is that the optimal solution, and it's a very complex math mathematical problem that uh, these guys solved. It's, it's amazing. Like there's so many ways you can combine those pieces and find a settlement. And the way you guarantee or you try at least to guarantee uh, the optimal solution was found is by letting people compete for it. So you, you have like lots of people doing hardcore off-chain, lots of calculations to find the best settlement. And then the one that finds the best um, solution for traders is the one that wins. And so it, it's it's quite beautiful as well to, to leave it open to anyone who wants to tackle this mathematical challenge of being a solver and they can make money out of it. So quite interesting as well to see this other side. Yeah, I was already joking a while ago that uh, we would need a DEX aggregator of DEX aggregators because already there are many DEX aggregators <laughs> and you might want to check different DEX aggregators but, and kind of depending on what token you trade, sometimes this DEX aggregator is better and sometimes that DEX aggregator is better because again, the space is growing so fast. It's so, so, so many things are happening. Uh, and again, that's also what Fernando mentioned, the, the, the solver competition. So those, yeah, you don't need to have the full DEX aggregator, DEX aggregator and if always the best price, you can focus on one, one problem. And if that problem comes up or that trade comes up, yeah, well, you will win your solver sub submission will deliver the users the best price. Um, so yeah, that is another way to, to scale or to kind, kind of to, to create really the, yeah, the best ex experience for users. Can I just ask one last question on here? And then we do need to go to the, the questions from the community as well as talk about the, the Asia community side with Marta. So I want to save some time there. So one last question on this. Uh, we've been talking about kind of like giving, uh, opening up for developers, right? Like giving away like the power, I guess, to be solvers as well, all of these. So there's a very core concept of uh, encouraging people to participate and becoming owners and stewards of the network. Uh, and also a strong theme of kind of like collaboration, of course, between yeah. the balancer and Gnosis. And this feeds into the whole general idea of some sort of like M&A composability and, and wider collaboration in the whole space. Uh, where do you think this kind of trend is going on? Like, where do you think it's currently at? Like, do we have enough composability and collaboration? Are we going to see more? Uh, and how, what role are we playing in this? Yeah, I, I would say uh, we will hopefully see even more uh, composability and um, and uh, yeah, I, I guess partnerships or, or like things that are complementary and kind of that, that may make each other stronger. Um, and thankfully, Ethereum is a perfect, uh, perfect playground or perfect ground for that. So it was actually quite, uh, quite straightforward in a way to to form this partnership, um, because yeah, Ethereum really kind of is this this Lego offers those Lego pieces where you could use, we could use the vault contract, and we had of course a little bit back and forth of how do we use it best. But it was in the end, it was. Uh, very, very, very nicely possible to uh, to bring those Lego pieces uh, together and 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 build a nicer house. And, and maybe we can, uh, uh, of course, there are many ways how to even go further. But but yeah, yeah, I agree. I I, I think we we should be seeing more of that because uh, as as Martin said, it's it's so beautiful to plug things together and, and compose things atomically. So it's something you cannot do elsewhere in the, in the traditional traditional world. Ethereum just allows you to have this certainty that if I do this, I know this is going to be correctly executed or else I just uh, won't do anything. And in my opinion, it's quite clear that you cannot be good at everything, right? Balancer is, in my opinion, good at being an asset management solution. And the trading side was something that Gnosis kind of complemented beautifully. And uh, for example, lending, like Balancer cannot be good at lending. You see Aave Compound, like those guys like throwing new features like Aave Pro and uh, the delegation of credit. It's, it, it's so many, many new things and cool things. We wouldn't be even possibly nearly kind of delivering that, that much because we have to be focused on the AMM. If you do many things, you, you won't do any, anything well. So I think the, the, the way forward is by plugging those pieces, the best of each 
uh, part of a, a wider ecosystem together. And, and that will benefit the user uh, the most, right? So we, we should all collaborate and, and Ethereum is a perfect uh, platform for that as, as Martin said. And just, just to give a few more examples. So even without planning or kind of, uh, yeah, on purpose doing it, there are already so many touch points between, between Gnosis and Balancer. Um, so for example, we are heavy, uh, Balancer users ourselves by um, well, providing liquidity and, and using some of our assets uh, in, in liquidity pools. So, well, th that's how we earned the Balancer tokens. That's why we participate in governance. We are using the big fan of the uh, snapshot um, uh, tooling that came out of Balancer. Uh, we connected that to the safe. So I, I don't know, there's a big list of um, things where, yeah, projects are, are overlapping and working tightly and nicely together. Safe snap is something that we're working together also. Yeah, there's so many things. Awesome. Can I sneak in uh, one tiny question before we go to community questions? In the next version of CowSop, are we going to keep the moo <laughs> when we execute the <laughs> transactions? Probably, and then we will actually see uh, um, the, the next thing. Well, I can maybe already hint that it, there will be a short game. So if you if you um, if you submit your trade, then you will be able to play a short cow game until uh, your trade is, is is executed. But yeah, maybe I will keep it keep it there. We will definitely kind of play more with the with the cow meme. Awesome, awesome! Thank you so much. Okay, now we have to go to the company questions, right? It is an AMA after all, so let's jump into it. I do have a, a pretty extensive list. We'll try to uh, deduplicate some of the overlaps. Uh, and it will be, of course, focused very much on the balancer version 2. So first question from the community is, can you share about the similarities and differences among balancer version 2 with Curve and Uniswap version 3? What are, what are the advantages of balancer version 2? I guess it's a good time to uh, compare a little bit as there are, of course, many AMMs and DEXs around, you know, what are some core differentiators? And maybe it doesn't have to be competitors, right? It could be collaborative as well. Uh, what do you think, Fernando? Yeah, totally. So Balancer V2, Curve, Uniswap V3, I think we're all looking at improving capital efficiency and providing users with the cheapest trades uh, in different ways. So. The nice thing about the flexibility of Balancer V2 is that it can have curve-like pools. And actually, we will have that. We'll, we'll launch very soon um, the like Balancer stable pools, which use the same invariant, the same mathematical idea as curve, had tips to, to, had, had tip to them. So it's something that works, that people uh, love. And by having that in the vault, it will be nice because you can do a multi-hop between a pool that is a normal pool like ETH DAI, it's a 50-50 pool, and then you use the um, DAI USDC stable pool in like on Balancer V2 for uh, yeah for uh, the second leg of your hop, so you can trade DAI, uh, sorry ETH and USDC using those two different kinds of pools and all of that under the hood within the vault. So that's something that we're really excited about, and it's gonna be very cheap. So. I'd say main differences between Uniswap v3 and, and Balancer v2 is the way we try to achieve um, capital efficiency is a bit different. Balancer v2 tries to keep this idea of all LPs are equal, and we try to kind of make the whole pool more capital efficient, while or whereas Uniswap v3 tries to allow uh, for more specific LPs, which then uh, like kind of forces you to be more active, to be uh, placing liquidity in, in, in a concentrated way and then withdrawing it because the price moved over. And if you want to stay in the game, you have to withdraw your liquidity, add the liquidity again. So there's there's, there's more maintenance uh, in, in, in uh, Uniswap V3. Of course, what they're saying is that there's going to be like other layers on top that will be doing that, but all that comes at a cost, right? You have to pay those layers. You have to understand those layers or some complexity. So we're, we're trying to um, become this more capital efficient AM, uh, AMA through composability, through letting 
other protocols manage the assets through the asset manager. So that, that's the main difference I see. All right. Thanks, Fernando. And another question from the community is around, because we might have new members who are getting familiar with Balancer, right? This concept of LBPs, uh, which is quite a unique one from Balancer, right? So what are the pros and cons of Balancer LBPs compared to other TGE methods? Uh, and for some of the projects where their token is already in secondary markets, does it still make sense to use LBP for price discovery or use it to somehow improve it? Great question. So balancer LBPs are, in my opinion, a, a great way to do a token sale because they avoid those bots that start like as soon as the as the sale or the, the pool the pool is up and running, they are the first ones to buy because they know the price will go up and then they dump on uh, actual people that are like slower than bots. This happened with so many Uniswap uh, initial listing. And that's that's because of the way Uniswap and, and normal balancer pools work. So in order for the price to go up, you have to buy it. Uh, what LBPs do is uh, it, it flips. So the, 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 the weights change over time and the weights of a pool are indirectly defining the price of the asset. So the, what an LBP does is pretty much a, a Dutch auction. It starts at a very high price and if no one buys, the price goes down and as, as soon as someone buys, like the price goes up, but then as the weights continue flipping, the price goes down. So there's like two forces. One is the, the weights going down forces the price to go down and people buying forces the price to go up. So there, there's always like a, a point where people will find a sweet spot and you can always wait until your price is reached and then you buy it. And if you don't, if, if it's never reached, you, you don't buy it. There are other great solutions like Gnosis Auction, uh, which I'm a big fan of too. So, um, and that's maybe uh, one of the main cons I see of, of, of Balancer LBPs. Uh, maybe not a con, but it, it's like a property. You don't have the same price for all the traders. So maybe at the first day of the LBP, people are more excited and they are paying like higher prices. And then the second day, the hype kind of goes down a little bit or vice versa. Uh, one nice thing about Gnosis Auction is that all the orders get the same clearing price. So it's uh, in, in that way, it's it's fairer. But one nice thing about Balancer is that you have a, a faster feedback. Like you, you can buy at the beginning of the LBP. You have tokens in your account. You can do whatever you want. Uh, so you don't need to wait until the auction is over and, and for the clearing of, of the yeah, settlement of the, of the auction. Awesome. Thanks, Randall. Yeah, that's, that's a great intro to LBPs, and I think we'll, we'll have a lot more documentation on that as well. Now, now, for some of the members who are already familiar and maybe even using Balancer, uh, I have this question here on how easily can you move liquidity from one pool to another in version 2 without incurring the gas fees you would have incurred in version 1? Uh, and uh, maybe if I can throw it in as well, the migration from version one to version two, right? For people who are already using it. So migrating between version one, version two and between the pools in, in version two, how is this gonna happen? Yeah, great question. So the nice thing about V2 is that you can uh, migrate your liquidity from one pool to the other without exiting the vault at all. So if you know that you're, you're, you're gonna like keep your liquidity in V2, why would you want the vault to send your tokens only for you to send them back to the vault to uh, add to another another pool, right? So this is not on the UI yet, but it's possible for you to do everything like to withdraw liquidity, add liquidity, trade by using internal balances. And that's also some, something that I'm very excited about Balancer V2 that I, for, I forgot to mention. The fact that, for example, in Arbor, they are trading A and B, like A for B, B for A, A for B, B for A to like to make profit. If, if they do that, why? like why would you get if you trade a for b why would you want b to go to your wallet if you know you're like selling it in in two minutes you know so you just say to the vault well keep it because i i i will save gas by not having to send erc20 transactions like back and forth erc20 tokens so you just use this so-called internal balance that's something that we're very excited about and adds to the efficiency of balance v2 
Regarding migration of liquidity from V1 to V2, unfortunately, there is no other way than to, um, yeah, to use our migration tool, which is a two-step process. You just unlock the LBP, uh, sorry, the BPT tokens, your, your shares of the pool, and then a migration tool will automatically add it to the right pool at the right proportions, and it will do everything for you. So it's a two-transaction process. And we are likely going to start liquidity mining on V2. That's a big topic as well. Uh, we'll start liquidity mining on V2 next week. So people will, uh, if they want to have some of the liquidity mining on, on V2, they should start migrating. But this is not going to be a, an overnight process. It will be uh, happening probably over eight weeks or so. So people don't need to panic. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be kind of a, a gradual process. For the benefits of the viewers who, uh, I guess next week is a little subjective, would you like to just share some yes. dates or a range of dates? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, the 24th of May. So today is the 19th for reference. So yeah, Monday, the 24th, we should be already start the, distributing BAL tokens for liquidity providers on, on V2. All right. And I'd like to just touch on one of the points you just mentioned around arbitrage, like the whole internal balances, right? There is one quite interesting question coming from the audience around uh, what kind of percentage of uh, trades do you expect to come from non-arbitrage versus arbitrage, right? Is balance going to become like, you know, the high frequency trading, like arbitrage focused uh, DEX or AMM versus kind of more retail facing? I, I really do believe that with the Gnosis integration, Balancer Gnosis protocol, this will increase a lot and uh, uh, we'll have a lot more retail trades or volume relative to, to Arbors. Arbors will always be there, right? Because if any any source of liquidity goes up or down or, or gets a discrepancy to Balancer, someone will trade. Sometimes it's a bot or sometimes it's just people because they see the prices is, is kind of uh, better there. But I, I think that because of the gains in UX and, and usability uh, overall with, with Gnosis, I, I expect to see a lot more retail trade, uh, trading volume on, on Balancer Gnosis once we uh, do the full integration. Perfect. So a lot of retail focus as well. And this leads nicely to a next question, because for, I think for retail, a lot of people are moving to you know alternate chains like uh, BSC and so on, or to uh, side chains in layer two, where it's a lot cheaper and faster. So uh, there is somebody who, who said that Balancer was said to be exploring ZK rollups. Uh, what is the latest development on L2? And also, are you considering deploying on Polygon? Yes, uh, we are very likely going to deploy on Polygon. Lots of people have been asking us for that. And uh, it, it, Balancer is all about composability. So already MakerDAO's there. Ave, so many partners uh, we have are already there. So we will deploy to Polygon. We're kind of already talking to the Polygon team. There's no deadline or kind of uh, expected date yet, but it's something we're working on with them. And uh, this is kind of our mid, short to midterm solution to scaling. And longer term, it will probably be ZK Sync or like ZK uh, Porter, like a ZK Rollup solution. There's no final definition yet, but that, that's where we're leaning towards. But it could still be that we uh, try something with optimism, for example, but it's not really where uh, we're leaning towards at the moment. And if I may add something right. here, um, Fernando, I'm kind of repeating what you said in one of the previous AMAs, which is we as, uh, you know, as a DAO, we have a very uh, big grant and bounty program. So if uh, someone from the community wants to port Balancer into any kind of other uh, chain, just apply for a grant. And if the community believes that this is something that we need to do, you'll get the grant and just do it. I mean, anybody can do it. It's not like it's just Balancer Labs uh, making all of those developments. Absolutely. Thanks for writing that, Marta. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Marta. And we will be diving into the community side as well. So hang in there, guys. <laughs> now, speaking of partnerships, we spoke about quite a few, right? So these uh, layer twos and potentially side chains as well. Uh, another area of uh, interest, which a, a member has asked, 
is around whether we are thinking of partnering with a group like Synthetics as well or other potential solutions to form a bridge with real-world assets because this may be the longer-term direction for growth. Absolutely, yeah. We're we're talking to not only like Synthetics, uh, our friends Kane and and the team there. We were also talking uh, with MakerDAO. They're very big into um, RWA, real world assets, as they call it. So I also believe that it, it's it's the future. And also our friends at UMA as well, they're kind of uh, similar to synthetics, but in, in different ways. I, I believe that it, very soon you're gonna see stocks in DeFi and, and like lots of usual things that we see today in, in the traditional finance world, we'll see on DeFi. But that there's definitely a lot of challenges on the regulatory side, and we wanna do this right. We wanna change the world for the better. We cannot take shortcuts and, and do like shady things uh, against the government. So I, I think we have to, to think about regulation and talk to regulators. And one nice thing about Balancer V2 is that it allows a pool, for example, to just have a KYC and AML uh, list or yeah, practice so you can have like permissioned liquidity. And those are things that we're going to explore with institutions in the near future as well. All right, exciting. And last one for from here, from this list, is another community member asked about another kind of interesting and big direction as well, which is the partnership or like, I guess, the movement towards NFTs. And this uh, could be relating to, I guess, the more creative side where we see a lot of these art and gaming and so on NFTs. And it also could relate to the whole uh, financial related NFTs where we see things like Centrifuge or Uniswap having positions or loans as NFTs. So will Balancer consider something similar, something to do with NFTs for the AMM as well? That's a great question. Uh, I, I think a, a, a very important step for NFTs will be to make them fungible. So there are very expensive NFTs that some like it's hard for a single entity to buy. We're already seeing that in many projects that are fractionized or fractionalizing NFTs. And that's where Balancer is a great platform to uh, to play around with. Um, I think it's also possible to, to do stuff with entire NFT. So entire uh, works of art or, or uh, songs or whatever. It's something that I'd have to check, and maybe it's a great topic for a grant, um, how to create a pool that uh, allows for NFTs to be traded using the Balancer vault. It's it's an interesting technical question. I think with that, thank you, Fernando. That's a perfect segue for us to talk about the community, right? Because we have all these questions coming from the members who are like, hey, is this feature coming out? Is this kind of partnership coming out? But actually, I think the direction we want to move towards is that you could do it yourself, right? You could be the builder uh, or kind of like, uh, I guess, networker that makes it all happen as part of the Balancer community. There's a whole ambassador program coming up. There's a whole grants program coming up. So over to you, Marta, to share with us about this. Sure. Thank you. I mean, I'm super excited about it. and. I joined Balancer only two months ago uh, to start and help build out that very strong community. And, you know, concept of decentralized autonomous organizations has been around for quite a while. Um, but it's been a very big challenge to build a community of people that feel responsible for the project to the point where they don't say, oh, when will this come up? But rather say, how can I help make this happen? And, and that's what I'm really hoping uh, for. And, you know, opening the, it was a community member that came to me uh, from China saying that uh, he would like to uh, help build Balancer community in, uh, in China. Um, and he is really running it on his own with other Chinese members. Balancer is not like, you know, it's not a Balancer um, group or anything like sponsored thing. It's just community that is excited about it. And this is what I really hope will happen is that community members will come together, will build those little, you know, like micro DAOs that then become part of the big umbrella of uh, Balancer and start building things. So 
if you have a, an idea, uh, you can submit it as a grant proposal. If you would think that something is important to change, anybody can make proposals that the whole, all of the governors, so people who hold BAL token, will vote on. You, there is a process that describes exactly how it happens, and we are you know, working on improving it to be more inclusive. Uh, if you would like to create some content, you don't have to ask for permission of any sorts. It's all kind of open to public. And if you want to take balancer code and build something using balancer code, that's also great. It's all, you know, we want to be that building block, that core of uh, of DeFi in the future. So all of this is, is possible. And this is something that I'm very, very excited about. And, um, you know, we have a Discord channel where we have most of our communication going. We actually have a Chinese uh, channel uh, where you can communicate in Chinese. Uh, and we are really looking for more ideas. And that's why, obviously, I'm so excited to for Balancer to be part of the Asia DeFi network, because what you, Shikai, and your team are how you are helping us. This is just it's revolutionary. And I hope that as we build out that pro strategy and community in China, we will be able to replicate it in other places or encourage it in other places. Thanks, Marta. Uh, should we talk a bit about this community building effort also in the context of the global setting, right? Is this something that is being rolled out globally at the same time? And so kind of like everybody does this in separate communities, or perhaps there is already some of a community in, uh, say, the US or Europe. And what can we learn from in those examples that we can bring to Asia and localize, of course? Um, this is a very interesting question, actually, um, because in a true open source DAO spirit, I am, I am continuing to learn that there are efforts like that that have been going on for a while that were not started by Balancer Labs, but by people who are fans uh, of Balancer Protocol and want to build their local community. So uh, definitely we have a very strong Hispanic community. So not only in Spain itself, but uh, Spanish speakers. Uh, that are producing a lot of articles and content. Uh, we have a smaller community building or, uh, or growing in Turkey as well. Uh, the American or, well, English-speaking community is obviously the biggest one, uh, unfortunately, in some ways. But I think it is, uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's much less kind of organized in terms of the language. It's much more organized in terms of Topics. So there are groups of people that are more excited about uh, the um, marketing or business side of things. And there are people excited more about the uh, liquidity mining side of things and so on. So I think that uh, DAOs have this in interesting structure where anybody can form a subgroup. And it doesn't have to like we nobody defines what those subgroups can be. It can be people who like color blue, it could be people who speak Chinese, or it could be people that are fascinated by marketing, and they can create improvements to the protocol and build content for the community or improvements to the community um, in, their, in their small group. Uh, a program that we rolled out, actually it was Fernando introducing it way before I joined, is a Ballard program. So in addition to grants and bounties, which are kind of project focused. You have an idea uh, and you apply for a grant, uh, you get uh, funding for that grant, you fulfill it and kind of then you can apply for another grant or you can sustain it because you, you're passionate about it. In bounties, we have a problem or labs sees a problem and we define that problem and anybody can then say, uh, raise their hand and say, I'm going to do it. And uh, it's, well, it's traditional bounty. So several people can compete for it and then the best result is chosen. Um, with Balor community, it's slightly different, which is it's much more an ongoing effort and it's much more for people who are truly fascinated and excited to be part of Balancer community. So it is not, you know, an additional paid gig that you can do, uh, just like, you know, a Balancer's way of, uh, of, of having more employees of sorts. It's very different. It is about people who are passionate and are contributing to the community on long-term basis. So, you know, 
know, they've been around for three, four months or they want to be around for a future. So, you know, even if you're starting today, you can become a balancer in, in three or four months time, showing your devotion to the uh, to to the community and to the protocol. And after that period of three, four months of contributing and growing the community, you can apply to become a baller and then a balancer ecosystem fund uh, is set up so that you get re kind of rewarded for the time that you spend helping to grow the community. Awesome. Thanks so much, Maya. That's just really insightful. And to wrap up our discussion today, I'd like to bring us to a call to action right, for, I think, especially the viewers who are with us today. What kind of guidance or kind of uh, direction do you want to lead us for to an incentivize or not just incentivize but excite the Baller community to work on, right? What are some areas that they can do or specific steps you'd like to invite everyone to come and contribute to? And should we also maybe draw some lines? Are there certain areas where kind of it's a no-go or like probably, you know, uh, Balancer Lab still wants to uh, guide more strongly for now? For both Fernando and Marta. I, I can start maybe um, maybe more from the dev side of things. We are very excited about the flexibility of Balancer V2. So if you have, uh, let's say, a stable coin project that has some interesting dynamics or design to keep the bag, that can be built as a Balancer pool. So you, you see some, some interesting... Um, uh, actually, there is uh, a, a launch partner, a V2 launch partner called Gyroscope, which we're extremely excited about that is doing exactly that, using Balancer V2 to create this new stablecoin uh, system. So yeah, if, if you have any idea of like mechanisms that need some sort of trade, you can do that, plug that into uh, the, the Balancer Vault as if it is a pool, even if it's not directly an AMM, but everything can be plugged into Balancer V2 as a pool. You only need the add liquidity, remove liquidity and trade hooks or logic and all the rest is kind of out of the box already there for you. So yeah, if you're a developer or a protocol or project, please do do get in touch on, on our Discord and uh, look at our documentation. We're here to help you. We're really excited to see more uh, experimentation around Balancer V2. Maybe from the, balance, uh, from the um, community perspective of Balancer, I think Marta, you, you, yeah, you could answer that, but there's also uh, we need a lot of help, like like that Chinese person who's helping us. We need proactive people from all over the world uh, to to help uh, kind of expand and and create more engagement in our community. But maybe Marta, you're the right person to talk about that. Yeah, thank you. Um, definitely, there are kind of two ways uh, that uh, two calls to action. First call to action is. Use Balancer, invest, uh, you know, withdraw liquidity, play around with it, and come up with ideas. How can we, how can the community and how can Balancer Labs make it better? Because it's, you know, it's a growing, uh, very natural project where it's not like we have this set in stone roadmap and it will be only that way that we're going. No, if you have an idea how to improve Balancer protocol, Balancer community, uh, the user experience with Balancer um, tools, all, or you think that there should be a tool build uh, for Balancer protocol, just come talk to us, come to our Discord, submit your ideas. Uh, we have a channel that is called Get Involved, raise your hand there. On the other hand, if you just want to help, but obviously, you know, it's kind of hard sometimes to come up with your own project, um, then again, uh, come to our Discord. These are the same two paths, but I just want to make sure that people understand that you can either come up with your own ideas or just say, I have time, I have energy, let me help you, and I'm sure we'll find you a project. Awesome. Super clear, Marta. And I hear the Discord being mentioned quite a few times. I must also plug the WeChat channel, <laughs> uh, which has grown to, I think, several hundred members now. So it is actually only by... by 
somehow the internal groups need to invite. So we will be sharing some of the invitations uh, for people who are tuning in. And we will also drop the Discord links on there so that people from there can find all these channels to continue the conversation. And hopefully there'll be uh, other languages on the Discord as well, right? Maybe we'll have some Chinese uh, language uh, channels or have those sub channels within each of the topics. And anyone can ask for us to make another channel. I'm, again, you know, we are here. I am here only to facilitate what you all want to, to see happen. I'm just kind of, you know, I'm here to serve you, not the other way around. So please, uh, please join the WeChat channel. Again, great. Thank you to Alex who started it. And um, I'm there. I try to do the tr WeChat translate and understand some of the questions, but uh, definitely, you know, we are open to suggestions. All right. I think with that, we have come to the end of our time. So thank you so much again. So thanks so much for coming and sharing all of this. And I hope it really uh, excites all of the community members who want to then contribute, join, build uh, all of this stuff on Balance Version 2 and in Web3 DeFi in general. There was such a great discussion and what a time to be in DeFi. Uh, right before we go, do you also want to just sh maybe share like your Twitter handle uh, or something for people to follow you if you like? Or any shout out that sure. you like? <laughs> Sure. So our, our uh, balancers Twitter handle is balancer, or yeah, balancer labs, and mine is FC Martinelli double L I. And before you t you say yours, Marta, I just wanted to say that the Chinese Chinese community is so important to us. You guys are like yeah, very ex like you like to experiment. You're you're fast and you know everything's happening and. Sometimes it might feel like we're kind of Western and only care about the West. This is, it couldn't be farther from, from truth. And we're looking to work more with Asia, with uh, China, Korea, and it, you're, you're very important to us. So just wanted to, to make sure that this is clear. And thanks so much, Shikai, for helping us uh, reach more of, of the Asian Chinese community because yeah, we were trying to do that in, in way in, in different ways, but weren't really successful. And I think we need someone like you to facilitate that. And and Marta, you're also doing an amazing job. So yeah, thanks so much. Thank you, Fernando. Well, uh, my actually, there is, I really am ashamed to say that, but my Twitter handle has maybe like five followers and I don't really post anything. So I'm not sure that this is really useful one, but you can connect with me on LinkedIn or uh, or anywhere. And also just email me. It's marta at balancer.finance. Uh, I'm pretty old school that way. And yeah, kudos to you, Shikai, for really helping us grow this community. And I am excited because when I was joining and I asked Fernando, what is your main priority in terms of community? First answer was APEC strategy. We need to be more present in Asia. So here it goes. Here we go. Thank you so much. We're very excited to be part of this uh, movement and trend as well. And so it's a whole team effort with Longhash Ventures and also the guys in China and, and the local ambassadors there. So let's all work on this together. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much. And this has been the AMA with Balancer version 2 and part of the Web3 Native podcast by Longhash Ventures. We'll see you again next time. Bye-bye, guys. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye.